grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear Christian friends, while preaching in the Jerusalem synagogue, Jesus taught, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The people heard that and they grumbled and complained. How can this man give us this, his flesh to eat? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I tell you. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. But the people continued to grumble and complain, and the people that listened to that teaching in the synagogue left Jesus. But now it was the turn for the larger group of Jesus' disciples to grumble and complain. They said, this is a hard teaching. Who can listen to it? Not hard in the sense that it's difficult to understand, but because Jesus' words were simple enough. Flesh, bread, eat, drink, blood. Simple, one-syllable words, nothing hard about them. Hard in the sense of unyielding, demanding, shocking words, difficult doctrines, tough teachings. The Greek word that John uses to translate Jesus' Aramaic words that he spoke in is the same word that he uses to describe Jesus in the beginning of John's gospel. Logos, or word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, ironically, without making the connection themselves, the people were saying that the, the Jesus' teachings, his word, his logos, Jesus himself was hard, to, uh, was hard to accept. You see, these followers of Jesus could not accept Jesus on his terms. Instead, they wanted to accept Jesus on their own terms. Teachings that were easier softer, less divisive, less offensive, more publicly palatable. And then John writes, after this, many of his disciples turned back and were not walking with him anymore. And that's not good. But notice what does not happen. Jesus does not walk it back. That's a phrase that's become popular in our culture the last few years. When an entertainer likes a tweet by a conservative commentator and then there's a Twitter mob denouncing her, then she walks it back in order to keep her fans. When an athlete speaks at a school board meeting and then is dropped by his commercial company, then he walks it back in order to keep his employment. I apologize. I didn't mean it that way. I misspoke. You misunderstood they grovel, they cave, they walk it back in order to win back their influence. But Jesus doesn't walk it back, not one bit. He's not afraid of losing his influence. In fact, he doubles down. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning, John says, those who would not believe and the one who would betray him. Jesus knew it all. He knew from the beginning those who would stop believing and start betraying. And from the beginning means not from the beginning of this teaching, but from the beginning of time. 
Jesus is not like us. He's not afraid people are going to be offended and leave. He is not timid and worried that people are going to stop supporting his ministry. He doesn't tone it down. He doesn't try to make his teachings more palatable. He really is the bread of life. He really is the water of life. He really is the only one that brings eternal salvation. Jesus is the word that gives life. He is the bread that sustains life. And he's the only one that grants eternal life. So no, he doesn't walk it back. Truth isn't a popularity contest. Jesus isn't trying to get himself elected as bread king of Israel. Nor is he trying to stop a recall on his position as savior. He is the savior from the beginning unto the end of time. Yes, his teachings are hard. But these hard teachings offer eternal life. But so many Christians give up on Jesus because his teachings are are hard. And that's why I'm concerned about our 25 plus water of life college students that are now on campuses, many of them public campuses, where they are going to be influenced with a progressive worldview that threatens to rip away their Christian worldview. And that's why I've been working the last few weeks to connect our 25 plus college students to Wells Campus Ministries so that they continue to be fed with the bread of life when they're away from their parents, their pastor, and their church home. I'm concerned with our WS and Shoreland parents that they're satisfied with their children receiving a slice of Jesus every day in school. And so the family does not need to gather together to enjoy the feast that Jesus prepares for us where he is both host and meal every Sunday for us in worship. I'm concerned about our older members, and maybe that's some of you, who have become complacent in their faith. They're satisfied with knowing what they learned years ago in catechism class and Sunday school. And so they are disinterested in challenging themselves to learn more and become more active in their faith by attending various Bible studies. We so often become like those early disciples of Jesus, that we want Jesus on our terms, easier so that we can sleep in and do less. Cheaper, so that supporting our ministries of our church and school and high school doesn't cost us so much. Friendlier, so that we don't lose our friends over Christian teachings that are unpopular in our unchristian culture. Less judgmental. So that we don't feel judged when we decide to go and sin against God's commandments where he is the judge. And so we stumble in our faith. We stagger. We bicker and balk. We are tempted to walk back and walk away. Maybe, just maybe, we can influence Jesus to soften and lessen his teachings so that we can enjoy both a life with Jesus and enjoy a life of sin. Again, notice what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't walk it back. He doesn't walk away, not once, not at all. He doesn't walk back on his hard teachings, nor does he walk back from his 
hard commitment, calling us to follow him. He didn't walk back from his incarnation into a sinful world. He didn't walk back from the temptations, from the hate, from the scourging or the cross. He didn't walk back from taking upon himself all of your sins of walking back and walking away from him. He didn't walk back from walking to the cross to die your death and to be forsaken by your God. And just as important, Jesus did not walk away from you. You who have come here after another week of wallowing in your sin, another week of faithfully doing what you should not have been doing, loving yourself and serving yourself, another week of failing to do what you should have been doing, loving God and loving others above yourself. Another week of unclean desires, wicked thoughts, grudges, and bitterness. You've come here today reeking of your sins. You are dressed like a bum right off the streets of hell. But our Savior doesn't walk away from you. Instead, he holds out his nail-pierced hands to welcome you in, to help you take off your dirty, tattered clothing, and then he washes them in baptismal waters, and then he hands them back to you, gleaming and bright as a white robe of a saint. You've been starving yourself out in the world all week, binging on news and Netflix, but Jesus gives you what you need, the manna from heaven, all that you can eat, all that you can drink. And even though you are a prodigal who continues to wander away to enjoy a life of partying and sin, your Heavenly Father welcomes you back. He is standing at the doorway waiting for you to come so that he can throw a party, gathering together the angels so that they can rejoice with him when you return and repent. That's who Jesus is the one who loves bums and serves sinners. You see, if you view yourself more highly than you ought, then you're going to think that you deserve an answer to your prayers. You'll think that you're not getting credit for all of the things that you're doing for the Lord. You'll be offended when people call you a sinner. You're going to be embarrassed by Jesus' teachings. And you'll walk away. And that's why you need to look at yourself in the way that God views you. Sinners in need of salvation. Allies of Satan who need to be converted into saints. Prodigal children who continue to have our Father welcome us back. Starving souls in need of bread and water of life. And if you don't walk away, then you're going to hear some beautiful words. I baptize you. I forgive you. You are my son. You are my daughter. This is my body. This is my blood. Today you will be with me in paradise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. These are the words of eternal life. Beautiful words from the word. Wonderful teachings from the teacher. Glorious doctrines from the doctor. Jesus calls you to follow him today. Don't walk back. Don't walk away. Listen. Hear his words of eternal life. Through these words, the Spirit creates and strengthens faith, and the Father 
brings you into his family. When you walk back and walk away, then you're walking into sin and to eternal damnation. But these are the words of eternal life. During the Revolutionary War, Ethan Allen was, had made a name for himself as a capable colonel and as the leader of the Green Mountain Boys. But he was also widely known as a skeptic of the Bible and a critic and had no use for the Christian faith. Allen's wife, on the other hand, was a devout Christian who taught their daughter about Jesus, Jesus who loved her and died for her. What happened that the Allen daughter became deathly ill, so ill that the father was called home to be at her bedside. And as she's lying there dying, the little girl took her father's hand in hers and asked, Father, should I believe what you have taught me or what mother has taught me? The silence after that little girl's question must have seemed like an eternity. Finally, the father found his voice and he said, My child, believe what your mother has taught you. As we go through life, we are going to be challenged to abandon Jesus' teachings. We're going to be looking for easier paths, more tantalizing food, more progressive doctrines. We're going to be tempted to grumble, complain, to walk away from Jesus, his teachings, and his church. But remember, one day you're going to be where Ethan Allen and his daughter were. You're going to be facing death. You're going to be looking eternity in the eye. And are you going to do that with Jesus or without Jesus? Don't wait until your deathbed to walk with Jesus. After the other disciples walked away from Jesus because they had found his teachings hard, then Jesus turned to the remaining 12 and asked, you don't want to leave too, do you? Fellow saints of God, may your confession today and every day be the same as that of Simon Peter. Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen.